We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello, everybody, and you are listening to the Dice Tradecast, brought to you by my FFPC. I am your host, Nathan Powell, and tonight I am joined by my good friend, Dan Senio. How's it going tonight, Dan? Well, it's always good when, when we can refer to each other as good friends. Uh, I don't know how much of that's actually true, but I appreciate you calling me a good friend. Well, last week you called me like handsome or something, and Scott was like, Hold on, let's like let's let's turn down the load fest. You know, I appreciated the compliment, but Scott, you know, tried to you know take me down a peg. You deserve the compliments, Nathan. You deserve all the compliments. There you go. All right, you know who else deserves compliments? It's going to be our guest, TJ Calkins of uh, now I'm messing up uh, Dynasty Command Center. I almost messed that up, but uh, TJ, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to be here. And uh, I just found out I have about four hundred thirty-six good friends. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would, I would say some of my followers are friends, but good friends. I think it's like Eric and Dan. Well, Eric's not listening to this, but uh, forget you know, him. Who cares about that guy? Yeah, but um, before we get too mushy, mushy, uh, just get another outline of today's show. Last week we started a series, or even two weeks ago we started, or three weeks ago we started a series, and then we didn't record it, but. This week, uh, we're continuing our series of going each each division, one team, uh, one player to target, one player to fade from each uh, team, eight teams per episode. We'll have this done uh, by the end of uh, July. So uh, this week, we're covering some more exciting teams. Excited for that. And you, know, you should be excited for it. You should be excited that I want to let you know that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass to the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our info content. It also supports the pod. You can contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and on Twitter, at rotovizradio. Rotoviz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of Rotoviz Radio shows. Uh, and We also have our own individual feed for just this show. Simply search Dice Tradecast, a Rotoviz FF podcast on Blog Talk Radio iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Click subscribe and leave us a rating and review. All righty. So let's get into the show today. Some exciting stuff. Uh, our first one we're going to start off with is uh, we're going west. We're going to start off with off with the NFC West. This is a team that kind of has an infusion of youth with the exit of Carson Palmer. They drafted Josh Rosen, drafted Christian Kirk, 
who knows if Larry Fitzgerald has a year or two left. Uh, and, you know, David Johnson, he's pretty close to retirement too, right, Dan? He, he's, he's up there. He's, what, 36, 37 these days? <laughs> not quite. I think he's like 26 or 47. But, you know. Also, uh, you, you did only – not, not like everyone – not, right. not like everyone couldn't draw the conclusion there, but you did just say NFC West, and we are, of course, talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Aren't they in the NFC West? You did, but you just said NFC West, and then you listed the players. Like, they all just play for the NFC West, which is pretty much the same thing. Okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll fix that <laughs> in editing. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let it roll. All right, TJ, why don't you start us off? Uh, who is the player you're targeting on the Arizona Cardinals? I am targeting RSJ, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, DLF ADP of 171 and tight end 21. That is a buy price. Both Bradford for both of his games before his knee breaks and Rosen are very, very <laughs> partial to their tight ends. So uh, RSJ has no worries with who's under center, and this could be – the best price tight end out there period. Well, before I answer, I just, I, Nathan, do you recall when we had the uh, like stash episode last year off season, we were talking about players, the stash that we're going to have a breakout. I know a couple years ago, you called Tyree kill. Do we, do you remember who, who I maybe mentioned last year? So my direct response to this was, you're just saying that because we played Debbie because Ricky Seals Jones was a great Debbie wide receiver like three so years good. ago. <laughs> and then he, then he comes to the NFL and ends up being a tight end. But you did call Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like fully on board with this. Uh, RSJ for his price tag, like you said, TJ, he's, he's, he's stealing. He, he should be a high end tight end too. Um, I think he might even dip his foot in that tight end one category by the end of the season, assuming that, well, one of Bradford or Rosen is throwing the ball. If we, for some reason, get beyond that, we might be in real trouble, and then it might be just like 700 touches for DJ. Um, but, yeah, I'm all on board for RSJ. Like Nathan said, he's a he's a wide receiver transition, and, I mean, those guys are just freak athletes. So he can win in the long game. He can win underneath. He's, he's a really good player. Uh, I, I just – for a tight end, which is such a wasteland, it's – when you can get a high-end, like, actual football player for cheap like that, I'm all about it. Yeah, and the weird thing about Ricky Sills-Jones is normally his profile, the big, gigantic wide, uh, wide receiver-type tight end uh, who shows some flashes early on in his career, that guy turns into Ladarius Green and being valued at, like, tight end eight. But that How just hasn't you? happened with Sills-Jones. How dare still... you talk about Ladarius Green like that? Uh, it was a positive thing. Uh, Ladarius Green was valued at like tight, tight end six. In I know. I'm just sad. I'm still upset about it. Yeah. Uh, so my, my point here is Steel Jones is a nice buy because he should be higher because his prototype normally is higher. And when it's higher, it's actually overvalued. So he's a nice value at his tight end 21 slot. Um, I'll, I'll talk about my buy. And it's going to be, yes, I understand that it's kind of the obvious buy here, but it's Josh Rosen. Uh, he... You know, young young quarterback. Uh, you know, top top ten NFL draft pick. You know, uh, I loved him as, as a college player. I lo- loved him as a you know as a prospect. And now he enters a situation where I'm guessing the Cardinals are going to let David Johnson go. So he's got a nice weapon coming out of the backfield. Christian Kirk will develop, um, and also they'll invest more at wide receiver once Fitzgerald retires. So uh, I like the talent in Rosen, and I think he's in a decent situation. Maybe not short term. Um, but I think long-term as Kirk develops and as they get more weapons around him, uh, it could be a very solid offense there. I'm just, I'm not sure that Larry Fitzgerald's ever actually going to retire. Have you seen him? He still looks like he's 25. That dude's ridiculous. He has not aged a second. Uh, I mean, obviously Rosen is a nice guy to buy. I don't know if we're moving on to fade yet, but uh, Rosen, if you're comparing him to last year's quarterbacks, uh, as far as how they would grade out as a dynasty prospect, I would have had him QB three behind Mahomes one and Watson two. So obviously those top two have flipped, but uh, behind only Baker in this class for me, and that is quite a compliment. Yeah, certainly some young quarterback confusion. It was uh, getting a little bit barren towards the bottom of quarterbacks in the NFL, and certainly it's still a bit of a problem, but with some of these young quarterbacks coming in in the last two years and then, I actually college football is actually pretty gross at quarterback right now. So we might be in trouble in a couple of years again, but um, 
Let's move on to our fades. Uh, who are you fading this offense, CJ? I'm fading Larry Fitzgerald, despite Dan's love profession towards him just a moment ago. You can't ago. fade him, TJ. I know how you play this game, and you are a winner. You cannot fade wide receiver one production, even if it's only for one year. We, I don't believe the wide receiver one production remains, <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. First of all, he's being drafted 68th overall for one season, and we have to assume only one season. That's wide receiver 32. Okay, this is a new system, new coach. New receiver comes in, developmental tight end, and a running back that sees all the volume in the world. If this team is remotely competitive, I could see a scenario where Fitz is actually a wide receiver three. Yikes. Wasn't Jordy yes. Nelson being drafted in the third round like a year ago? He's like 106, and now he's dead. Um, I, I have no with, issue with that. offhand, I believe Jordy's four years younger than Fitz, though. <laughs> but he's a dead body. Um, I, I, to be honest, I have no issue with a like top 75 pick. Yes. There's probably a lot of younger guys around there where you're like, Hey, I'm just going to go with that. I, I understand the concerns. Absolutely. The new coaching staff is probably the biggest one, the biggest, the biggest thing that hurts. Um, I don't think Christian Kirk hurts him at all. I think DJ helps him. I think RSJ helps him. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's a thousand years old and he's got to stop at some point. So I can understand it from that perspective for sure, since we are playing dynasty, but you've got to have a little bit of that redraft mentality. Um, but like I said, DJ, those are, those are really good points. So, um, I'm, I'm still in the middle on Fitzgerald. I, I like him for this year still. Uh, but beyond that, I just don't see him. I don't see him continuing to play even though he doesn't look like he's really aged, obviously he's slowed down a little bit, um, but he just, he seems like he's still all there and like just ready to rock. Yeah, it, it certainly there's two outcomes with Fitzgerald, whether either he finally hits that age wall or he just continues to do what he's done for the last 15 years. So uh, I'll move on to my fate. And it's one of those that I understand that it's not a winning proposition to fade David Johnson, particularly in the short term, but pretty much every single team that has a first round startup running back, the answer to the fade for me is going to be that running back, uh, especially one that is at the age curve of David Johnson, where he entered the, the league at an at a older age. Um, and then he's had some injuries. Granted, it's a wrist injury. It's not really a long-term injury. But um, with, with David Johnson, I I just don't value him the way everyone else does as a top tick six, seven asset. Give me the wide receiver over him every time. Give me the quarterback over him and super flex. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my take on DJ. Yes, he's going to score a lot of points, and especially in the short term. But uh, the, the opportunity cost of a young quarterback or a young wide receiver uh, is better than him. Yeah, we, we talk about the the winning windows and, and running backs and kind of how tight that correlation is. And, you know, DJ seems kind of like one of those guys that could play for a while. Yes, he's a little bit older, um, but he's actually my fate as well because I think if you look in that – that first round and even a little bit, if you dabble into that second round, you've got a bunch of 27, 28, 29-year-old wide receivers that I'm still preferring. Give me Antonio. I mean, like Antonio has been sliding down the boards for absolutely no reason whatsoever other than his age. Um, give me give me him. Give me Julio. Give me A.J. Green. Like I'll take those elite wide receiver assets, even though they're the same age. They just they, they last longer. Um, Julio may be more on that Megatron uh, trajectory, which I really, really hope isn't true. But I, I still think I'm taking any of those wide receivers around that. So like we talked about last time, Nathan, I think I think if you can get one of those high-end running back assets like that and turn it into one of those wide receivers and something, I think that actually is a winning proposition, even though you're moving off of a lot of points this year specifically. Sure. Uh, with DJ, for me uh... – the age cliff at running back is is historically 30. Uh, he turns 27 in season this year. Uh, obviously, it's not an absolute. You're going to have guys go over that. You're going to have guys go under that. But you have to assume three years more of this high-end production. And I don't believe I want to spend a startup first-rounder on someone that I believe is going to be dead in three years. <laughs> or after three years. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. We're getting morbid on the Dice trade cast today. All right, let's move on to our next offense. We're going to the NFC North with the Chicago Bears. Yes, the division and the name that time, Dan. Chicago Bears, NFC North. 
Uh, I'll start us off here, and I'm a, my fade is going to be a guy that I feel like some of fantasy Twitter is getting a little ahead of themselves on. That's Trey Burton. This guy is being drafted as a top six, top seven tight end right now. He was a spell tight end with the Eagles. Yes, that's because Zach Ertz was better than him. But assuming that he's going to have all the set-in targets ahead of Adam Shaheen seems a bit premature for a guy that, uh, you know, Shaheen was drafted in the early rounds of the 2017 draft. And there, there while Trubisky had zero weapons last year, uh, he actually has a few weapons now with Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller and um, obviously the two tight ends as well. So I don't think it's guaranteed that Burton just, just funneled with, with tight end target this year. I'm not convinced they didn't bring him in to play some quarterback, Nathan. Did you see that touchdown he threw in the Super Bowl? I think <laughs> I think they're onto something there. <laughs> no, I, I'm a I'm a big Burton guy, but you're right. His his price is is really getting up there. I don't know that I'm necessarily fading um, or selling, but it, if I can flip him for something that's a little more more reliable, getting out of that tight end. <laughs> position obviously we need tight ends to play because like 99 percent of the leagues have startable tight ends as a position um but it's just it's getting it's getting a bit much uh he was a fun buy like mid last season or even last off season um our good friend of the show ty miller everybody knows ty uh he and i were like battling over him in so many of our different leagues because we knew you know, kind of what he was as a player and just kind of never really got the opportunity. And then he got healthy and Zach hurts got hurt. Zach hurts. <laughs> um, sorry. That was dumb. Um, and we got to see a little bit of it. He's, he's an explosive player, but he's also a tight end. And I don't know that he's getting the meaningful tight end one targets in that offense. Now with so many, like you said, Nathan, they have so many pieces. Now last year they had absolutely nothing. So it doesn't really translate one-to-one. You have Allen Robinson there. You have Tariq Cohen, who I would assume is going to be getting some targets. Um, You still have Jordan Howard, who's going to eat a few targets. Um, And they bring in guys like Anthony Miller, like you said, Adam Shaheen, or Shaheen, or however you say it. Um, it, There's just so much much going on now. And and I think Nagy's going to be kind of the spread it around. Uh, I'm sure he'll still be valuable, but I don't see him reaching his, his current price. I think he is priced high. I don't think he's quite priced at his ceiling, but at tight end six, he is darn close. Uh, Nagy already said he will take over the Kelsey role and see the targets. Uh, Shaheen was from a different uh, different regime, so I do believe he could be buried, and he also didn't show too much, especially as a route runner or pass catcher last year. Um, yeah, he's a bad route runner. He's not good at it. <laughs> no, not at all. But, uh, yeah, 81 overall, tight end six. I mean, you're really assuming that he is going to take on the Kelsey role and do it as well as Kelsey taking him there. Too high, but I wouldn't call him the full fade of the team. So who is your full fade of the team, PJ? Uh, Tariq Cohen is out of hand, man. 69 overall, RB29. I mean, we're trying to crown a scat back as someone that is going to be a flex contributor on your team week in and week out, I just simply do not buy that under any circumstance. I mean, if he sees four targets a game and four carries, that's probably what the best you can hope for. Yeah. I'm I'm, that was going to be my fate as well. And again, another player that I really enjoy. Um, I was, I was petrified when he had that start to the season and then just completely disappeared. It was like, well, John Fox was like, yeah, we're just, you know what? Why don't we just put the Ferrari back in the garage? We don't need it anymore. Um, that one stung. And look, I, I hate Jordan Howard as much as anyone else. He's not good, but he's proven himself. They are going to use him. Look at what Nagy did with like Spencer Ware, for the love of God. Um, Jordan Howard is going to get those touches, and he's going to get the majority of them. Tariq is going to have his role, but it's going to be limited, and it's going to be kind of the like – if Tavon Austin was a football player type thing, um, it, it's it's really really getting to be a bit, a bit much. Um, so yeah, I'm fully with TJ here. He's a clear fade. It, whatever wherever he's going right now, there's probably 20 guys around that spot that I would much prefer. Um, my target here, I think, even though he's going, he so 
I'll, I'll just say Allen Robinson for right now. He, he started off like weirdly low going into Chicago. It, it seemed, it seemed like we were talking him like he was going way too high, but the actuals data that was coming in just didn't really prove to be true. He wasn't going super high and there's not much as far as wide receivers there that are going to eat those targets. And I mean, he's the clear one. And I, like we've talked about, some of these guys are really good pass catchers, but Allen Robinson is the guy he's going to get those targets. If we assume that Trubisky's taking that step forward, um, you know, a lot of people are, are getting a little bit higher on Trubisky as we get closer to the season. He's going to develop a little bit, hopefully here. And now that he has some assets, he should get a little more comfortable. And the guy he's going to get comfortable with is Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson is that guy. Um, I've been super skeptical of him in the past with the whole Bortles thing and the garbage time and all that. But going back and actually watching it and seeing him perform, he's a high-end wide receiver. He truly is. He can do most all of it. Um, you know, we like to pinpoint that garbage time on him as a negative thing. And it's like he was just doing what he was told to do. You know, they, they were going out. They were airing it out. That was it. Um, they didn't really have another option because that team was so putrid. And now, now you're throwing him into a much better situation uh, with at least, I mean, at the very least, a one step ahead for quarterback um, and tons of targets again, or we assume there are going to be tons of targets because that defense still isn't quite there. They're getting better, but they're, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to score points. And Allen Robinson is probably going to be that guy that's going to do it. Yeah, you, you said that Robinson's price seemed a little low at, at when he first signed in Chicago. And I think there's a direct correlation between how much people faith people had in Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson's price. Because when he first went to Chicago, people saw it as, oh, Trubisky's just as bad as Bortles or even worse than Bortles. He had this bad rookie season. And then, you know, kind of the positive, oh, he did show some positive signs. Oh, he has the, the golf career trajectory of, you know, no weapons and nothing terrible, uh, you know, terrible offensive coaching in year one. Then he gets an actual good coach in year two. And then the quarterback ends up succeeding, and therefore the wide receiver ends up succeeding. So Robinson would be my number one target in this, um, you know, offense. But if I had a number two, it would be Trubisky and Superflex because I'm always about trying to find a quarterback that's going to have longevity in Superflex. And obviously young quarterbacks fit that profile, especially ones that, you know, are first, you know, even the second overall pick yeah, A-Rob is also my target, and that's great points from both you guys, especially Nathan. The uh, Goff-McVay pairing is the hope for Trubisky as far as Nagy Trubisky goes. Um, two years ago, Ellen Robinson's ADP was five. He was going fifth <laughs> overall. Okay, now he's going 25th and wide receiver 13, and just – the narratives just don't have any logic or or substance to them. It was Bortles is bad. So then his ADP fell to 12 a year later, and now it's all the way down to 25. And what's worse? I mean, he tore his ACL. Sure, he dips, but it never came back up. So now it's time for it to come back up, and it never did. No doubt. It'll it'll correct. I think I think by let's say week six, maybe it'll take that long. He'll be back into that that top end of that second round instead of the beginning of the third. I think he'll jump a full round or close to it. Alrighty, let's move on to our next team, and it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. I'll start off with my target here, and it's going to be Calvin Ridley. This has been a guy that I've been trying to buy in all leagues and post dynasty rookie drafts. I think that people are starting to, you know, think about next year's rookie class and start thinking about, you know, a win-now team. And I think that Ridley is kind of stuck in the middle of, well, he's not a future draft pick and he's not all these sexy 2019 wide receivers and he's a little bit older and he's not exactly like a win-now type asset. So I think that from teams that are trying to win now, you can try and deal them a veteran. And from teams that are trying to win later, that you can, you can, you know, I, obviously we always talk about you don't want to tell someone why they want to accept the trade, but uh, a reason for you to offer someone a trade that, that wants to win later is, all right, here's this 2019 first. You can have this person. that will be much younger than Calvin Ridley in a year. It doesn't take much to be much younger than Calvin Ridley, though, to be completely honest, Nathan. Um, I mean, I'm, it, it's growing on me because his price has kind of stayed relatively low. You'll have the leagues where the one guy will take him at like 103 or something stupid. 
Um, but for the most part, he's that low end first, you know, even sometimes early second, uh, just because he's forced into a number two role and he's a little bit older. Um, I think people worry about his fragility. I, I think he might he, he might not have necessarily NFL body, but he's a good enough he's a good enough actual football player where I think he'll he'll be just fine. Um, I don't know how many fantasy points it'll translate to in the next couple of years, as long as Julio is still alive. Uh, especially with Devonta Freeman there and Tevin Coleman, we'll see what happens next year. I would assume he's gone, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird spot. I don't, I'm not, I, I've warmed up a little bit on Ridley, but I still don't know that I'm necessarily in buy mode unless I'm getting, unless I'm getting him like pennies on the dollar, which just isn't going to happen until we kind of see what he does. Um, unless I have you know a late first round pick or an early second round pick, and I just I don't need anything specific or or there's any great values, then yeah, throw a dart and and honestly, he should be a solid a solid player. Uh, I don't I just don't see I don't see a ton of of top end. It's it's just kind of one of those guys, you know. Uh, it's not necessarily like a a roster filler, but um, I don't know that he'll be super startable. You know, Mohamed Sanu had some startable weeks. Taylor Gabriel had some startable weeks. Uh, as a best ball asset, I think he's really nice. I think he'll have some of those games. Um, I just don't know how consistent he's going to be, especially as a rookie, even going into year two again with Julio uh, still dominating most likely. But it, it's you know it's all up in the air until we see him on the field. Well, we have one guy buying him, one guy in the middle, and we also have one guy fully fading him still. Uh, I am totally out on Ridley at ADP 66, wide receiver 30. Uh, you mentioned his age. Uh, the only thing that is a worse factor for him than his age is how physically weak he is. He's going to be bullied all over the field by NFL defensive backs. And I don't think this is a really arguable point. This is something he will have to completely change in his game. Uh, as far as year one goes, I think it's a coin flip whether he gets more targets than Sanu or not. Yeah. That's that's totally fair, and I think, and I'm not, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is not exactly the the brainchild of the organization, um, but I would certainly hope he learned something from his NFL counterparts and guys that struggle to get off the line or struggle with with you know press coverage. Move him inside, get him off the line, give him create some space from him off the line. Don't force him into that because if you put him on the outside, like you said, TJ, he's going to get worked. He is scrawny. He has no room to grow in that body, um, but he he's a he's a really good route runner. And yes, he, that he is true. Catch up Once he's free, yep. But he needs the space to work. He's he's not getting away from an NFL DB. Not to spend an entire show on on Ridley, but for for me, my main take on Ridley is the fact that the Falcons are a win now team. They have to pay Vic Beasley soon. They they already paid Devonta Freeman, and so I think that they see that they have a bit of a window. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and I don't think the if you're in that window and you're, it's kind of closing for you, you don't invest a first-round pick in an asset that you don't plan on using. So I, I think that because he is a first-round pick and because of where that, that team is at, it's very likely that he out-targets out to new. That doesn't necessarily equal fantasy success or fantasy consistency in year one. But, you know, that's just kind of my take on Ridley. So you are fading Ridley. Uh, TJ, who are you targeting in the Falcon Falcons? Um, everyone is priced slightly higher then I want to pay. Uh, I think Freeman's the closest thing to a value at 26 overall and running back 13. Uh, Julio is probably fairly priced, but uh, I'll tell you the only guy I want to buy for super cheap and stash is Ito Smith and see what happens when Tevin walks. What about you? It's a smart move. That's, that's, I mean, that's really well, my smart. My target move. was Calvin, so. Uh... <laughs> 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 go, go ahead, Dan. Um, yeah, so my target, since we're considering Superflex, and now that he has dropped back down to the range where he should be, um, my target's actually going to be Matt Ryan. You know, we we had four or five years in a row where he was like wide receiver, or wide receiver, quarterback 16, 17, 18, something like that. And now he's back in that quarterback 18 range, um, splitting the difference between Dak Prescott and Mitchell Trubisky. So at that price in Superflex, yeah, I'll take... I'll take Ryan because they're still going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have a lot of he's going to have a lot of pass attempts. It's just the, the nature of the beast. And now they're they're refilling in that offense again. 
Um, you still have Julio, you still have Sanu, you still you now have Ridley, you still have Freeman and Coleman. Um, Austin Pooper is a negative, so we're gonna get rid of him. Um, but yeah, Matt Ryan, man, back back to that nice price tag where I think he's a good buy, uh, where he was just a couple of years ago and last year that just his price went into just orbit. I don't know what the hell happened. I am I'm I'm still mostly out on Ryan without Shanny. I don't believe in the player, and I want the elite, elite OC. Right? No, him. I totally agree. I'm, I'm like, I'm the biggest Shanahan. Like, God, that's why Jimmy G is like so far up. But at the same time, they're gonna have to throw the ball because that defense again, they're they're getting better and they're mostly solid. But they're still gonna have to compete, especially in that division. There's there's so many high flying offenses there and teams that they're gonna have to compete with. So you got six games right there where. You, they're going to have to throw the ball a ton, especially when you're talking about New Orleans, who's going to put up 40 on them no matter what. Um, and obviously we're not going to look at just two games every single year like, oh, yeah, he could have 50 pass attempts. Um, but I, he's going to have to throw the ball at quarterback 18. I'm I'm totally cool with that. You know, he's going behind like – he's going behind Lamar Jackson right now. And I love Lamar Jackson, but we don't know when he's going to play. And as nice as a, a stash as he is, I still think you have to take what are basically free points at – and you know, mid QB two, where again, where Matt Ryan should be, should be. Um, it, it's just it seems like it seems like everyone else is kind of getting propped up, and he's being shoved back down the gutter. That's fair, especially with in comparison to Lamar. I don't think it's very close there. There's no yeah, guarantee he's, Lamar even gives you a single QB two season in his career. Right, and Lamar Jackson's QB fourteen right now. Jeez, that's bad. <laughs> uh, no wonder I, I, I have one Lamar share, so uh, that's probably why because he's bringing draft as QB fourteen. Just gotta get uh, him in the PPC leagues. Get all them carries. That's where I, ha- I have been capitalist picks. So that's the only league I have. <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, I'll r- wrap up the Falcons with my fade, and it's going to be Julio Jones. Uh, this is more of a scenario where if I'm going to go that age wide receiver, I'll go a little cheaper with, with AJ Green. Or if I'm going to go that value of wide receiver, I'll go with an Amari Cooper or Keenan Allen. So I think it's just a mix of just his age and just, you know, not being drafted around the right guys. So uh, not that he's not a, you know, a great, great fantasy player going to be putting up 20 points, 20 point games for a while. But I think I just prefer some of the guys around him. All right, let's go on to our last NFC team. It'll be the New York football giants. Uh, I'll start us off here because I, I don't necessarily love any of the, the values here. So I'm going to go a little deeper on my buy. And my buy, and it's kind of best ball specific, but it's Jonathan Stewart. I, I think that, yes, Barkley, you drafted him number two overall to get him all the carries and everything else. But I, I think that one of the biggest headaches for Barkley owners this year will be Jonathan Stewart goal line carries. I think that he's going to get some – vulture some touchdowns. And I think that uh, the Giants may decide – all right, maybe we're not going to give him 500 touches, uh, Barkley, and maybe we'll spell him a little bit. So I think Stewart has some, you know, startable upside in best ball. Yeah. I'm going to go um, in the – oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, no. Dan. Go right ahead, TJ. I was going to say I, ha- I do have some Jonathan Stewart best ball shares. That's the only place I will ever own him. <laughs> uh, with the reports of Stewart really showing signs of age and plotting in the offseason, and, I mean, let's be honest, he's always had a plotting problem. Yeah, at least the last couple of years. Uh, and the impressive full skill set that Wayne Gelman showed last year, I believe he is the proper handcuff and change of pace for Barkley. So that is the direction I would go with the super cheap buy. And the only other guy in the offense that I think is appropriately priced is OBJ at second overall. <laughs> That's a huge, huge, he's a huge value at 102. <laughs> I think I think I, buying, I'm, I think I'm forced to say that my buy is Sterling Shepard. Um, <laughs> I understand that that offense has has you know kind of built in around OBJ and now Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram the super freak. Um, you've got three legitimate elite assets at their position, um, but people just want to forget about Sterling Shepard, and I don't know that he's just going to disappear. I still again talk if we who kind of want to maybe this is the best ball football Giants. Um, <laughs> he's a great best ball asset because he's going to score touchdowns because I mean, they're going to cover OBJ. They're going to spy Saquon and they're going to have to move a corner or a safety in or both on Evan Ingram. 
Sterling Shepard's going to have room to work, and he's good underneath. He's good on the outside. Yes, he's small, but I mean, he can get up and he catches everything you throw at him. So, um, I still think, I still think, relative speaking, he's a decent value here. Um, but yeah, like you said, TJ, most everybody, you know, OBJ is pretty much it. Ingram's creeping up a little bit too much. Barkley's way beyond even considering as far as a startup pick for me. Um, and yeah, we don't really need to talk about Eli Manning, do we? Because he's he's just bad. Yeah, we can uh, talk about Eli. He's my fade. Two forty six overall. I don't want him. QB Let's be honest here. Tannehill's QB thirty one, and Eli's QB thirty. What's wrong here? They're both bad. Give me <laughs> give me Mason Rudolph and Chad Kelly over Eli Manning. Already, uh, I'm gonna go with my fade, and it's going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, I think that you know those tight ends are creeping up a little bit too high uh, in an offense. Like I think the, a sneaky thing that I guess people forget. You know, people always say this on podcasts and just oh, people forget this, people forget that. But people kind of forget that Odell Beckham was hurt all year, and that was a kind of a beneficiary for uh, Evan Ingram. So I think that once he's back in an offense that has a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. And now a running back that'll catch passes. Uh, some of his targets will be going elsewhere. We're assuming that Eli's arm doesn't completely fall off like Peyton's did, which you know that's it's already in the bloodline. I mean, we saw what happened to Cooper. So <laughs> who knows what his <laughs> wife has been ordering for him? <laughs> Plus, there's the whole link to Papa John's. We don't know what's going on here. All right, full fade. All right. Uh, one thing that I am not fading is the FFPC. Let me tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball or Superflex or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at $35. Jump into a slow or live draft today. If you like Dynasty, and I know you do because you listen to the Dynasty Tradecast, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $25. I know you got the big bucks like that, TJ. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty League has folded in eight years. New Dynasty Leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Speaking of the FFPC, make sure you tune in next week to catch your boy in the Pros vs. Joes competition on what is it tuesday night we're drafting all of that's going to be live streamed it's going to be it's going to be fire tg are you in pros versus joes i know nathan's not because i mean you have to be a pro to be in the. <laughs> no I'm, i i've never had any pros versus joes experience okay okay i only got in because i won the scott fishbowl i don't know if you knew that <laughs> <laughs> oh did that happen Man. i had I, to get my one in nathan i haven't mentioned it yet i'm sorry Dan, can can it please just be December so you can no longer be the Scott Fishbowl? Yeah, we need to hurry up because this is getting to be a bit much. <laughs> this is... Let's continue the show with the American Football Conference, the AFC. We'll start with the AFC East, and that is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is a team that, you know, it's kind of been drafting some talent over the past few years. Jarvis Landry get traded slash walk to Cleveland. Uh, you just mentioned Tannehill, uh, uh, TJ. Is he your buy in this offense? No. He is not my favorite buy. And Dan <laughs> knows I have a few favorite buys in this offense. And as much as I love Drake, he's not even the best one. Devontae Parker, 67th overall, wide receiver 31. Man, is Kenny Stills getting some hype for no reason whatsoever when the Dolphins have their heavy volume wide receiver one that is being faded for some reason because of some silly touchdown variants last year with Cutler and company. Cut it out. Go buy this man. Wait, Don't wait. Don't Kenny even, Stills? Just pause this before you send the offer <laughs> and then come back. Wait, Kenny Stills is being faded? I was, I didn't know that. No, he's being hyped. No, he I know. You, you said oh. their clear-cut wide receiver one was being faded, and I – Oh, yeah, God. Bad joke. God, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, 
he keeps every year. He just does enough where it's like, oh, all right, maybe next year's the year. I just, I, I struggle so much with those guys because it just seems like their career is that guy where they're a really good role player. They're that, you know, and he, I thought he was going to be a good football player and he probably is still a good football player. I just, Adam Gase is the worst remaining NFL coach in the league by a lot. Plus, you have Ryan Tannehill, who isn't a good quarterback. He is valued nicely, and he's going to be throwing a lot of passes because, that again, that team is absolutely atrocious. Um, so, I mean, I can't – because of the value, it's hard to say no to the Devontae Parker buying because we – I mean, we're, what, two years removed from him being in, like, the second round? That, that was absurd. That should have never happened. But right now – I honestly think he's in a comfort zone where you should be buying him. I, th- I would say listen to TJ on this one. He's not my personal buy, but that's smart at his current price. Who is your buy, Dan? My buy is um, let's go with no one. I, I want nothing to do at all. Aside from Devontae Parker, if you can get him for that before this current price, it just seems like the guys who love him have him. Um, you might be able to get into a couple of leagues where you know might just be floating around and somebody just trying to move him. But it's kind of the point now where he's that guy that's on the team that those owners have loved him forever. Um, I, I have no interest in the Adam Gase anything. I think the only player um, that has an opportunity to avoid Adam Gase being horrendous is Kenyon Drake. Um, and I know he's probably your guy. I know he's t- one of TJ's guys. Um, I, I think he's the only guy with a little bit of insulation. Yes, they – they they brought in a rookie. They brought in Frank Gore. They brought in you know whatever. Um, they brought in a bunch of wide receivers, which what is going to minimally affect uh, what Drake does. Um, I, I think he's really the only one with any insulation. I just I really have no interest in this team. Yeah, I have very little interest in the prices of these players as well. But if I am forced to go out and buy one, it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Uh, I know this anecdotal evidence, but I did I did get Kenyon Drake for a second round pick in 2019 in one league. So, one league? You mean like thirty leagues? No, no. Like I got him for a second round pick this year. Oh, I, I, I got I, I got him for a second round pick in every other league last year. <laughs> that was funny. Nathan <laughs> and I play in a lot of the same leagues, and like it was there was like two weeks straight where I would say every sixteen hours a Kenyon Drake trade would come through, and it was always like a second or a third or whatever, and just Nathan racking up all the Kenyon Drakes. Yeah, it ended up pretty well for me. So I, I, I like Drake. I think that he's obviously the best back in that backfield. I'm not a big believer in Ballage, Ballage. Uh So, yeah, this is an offense that might not be pretty this year, so maybe they'll try and rely on Drake both in the running and in the passing game. Uh, very very capable receiver. I like that. Uh, who are you fading, Nathan? Uh, the rest the rest of the offense. You say everybody. Uh, so, TJ, have you given both yours, or what are you, where are we at here? <laughs> oh, my heaviest fate is uh, once the hype started, it's Balazs the Mirage, man. There's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing bad, there. ADP 126, back. running back 45. I mean, you are talking about a team RB3 without draft capital that is going to amount to absolutely nothing. Very fair. All right, let's 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 go to a little bit more exciting of an offense. It's kind of like polar opposites. You go from like, like ha- eating your broccoli to like getting like a, a taste of your chicken. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins are the broccoli, and then you get the chicken and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there are weapons everywhere, and actually a few of them are still pretty good values. So, uh, TJ, where are you, where is your buy in this offense? Man, it is so hard to project where these targets are going to go, and I think they're going to end up fairly even. Between the two wide receivers, Kelsey, I think Hunt will be similar. So just give me the trigger, man, of what could be the league's premier offense at this point. I want Mahomes, even though he's up to QB8, uh, 104 and 1 QB. You're getting a lot of longevity here, a guy that can get you points with his feet and has all the weapons anyone that could ask for, and they suit his skill set perfectly. I think we should we should bring Matt Nagy back so I can be more excited. Go ahead, Nathan. <laughs> I just I I Andy Reid bugs me. He I just his play calling is always erratic and and it's tough. It's tough to to pinpoint anything any nail anything down, especially when you have this many really good football players 
in places that we want to want them to succeed. So like TJ said, I mean, the trigger man is honestly probably where the points are going to be most consistent, if anything. And yeah, QB eight's tough, but Holy cow. Could he, I mean, he could legitimately explode because he can do every last thing. I mean, he's, he's the closest thing, you know, we have, and, and I, I don't want it to be like, Oh, he thinks he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's the closest thing we have as a young guy for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he can make a lot of those throws. He's great on his feet. Um, and now he's got the weapons around him to, to just kind of explode. So I, I think, I think if you can get him valued closer to like the QB 10, QB 12, I think that's a huge buy. I think QB eight's pretty close to his good value, but I mean, ceiling wise, we're talking about next year. He could be up there with Russ and Aaron Rodgers, and we'll see what Cam does this year. Carson Wentz. I mean, he's going to be in that legitimate conversation rather than in the tier or two below it. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the year one to year two jump, just like Wentz, is definitely in the range of outcomes, despite him only playing really one game rookie year. Sorry, Nathan, I cut you off. Go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, with, with, with those two speeches, uh, my heavy, heavy, heavy fade is going to be Pat Mahomes. <laughs> that, you two are ridiculous. Um, yes, he has all the weapons in the world. Yes, he has all the opportunity to succeed in the world. But he might not be good. There's still a chance that's like that's actually a thing. So Donovan McNabb um, was bad, but look what he did for fantasy football. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I, I guess, like he, you know, he could explode to be Aaron Rodgers, but if people are valuing my that, which they are at the QB eight price tag with a guy who just played one NFL football game, uh, I'm out on Mahomes and his price. I'll I'll miss the boat on this one uh, when he explodes. Uh, so I'll, I'll fade uh, Mahomes, and it's kind of weird because my my target is kind of dependent on Mahomes exploding. And that's going to be Sammy Watkins. Every year of his career, pretty much, Sammy Watkins has been undervalued. Yes, he's battled injuries. Yes, he's battled having, you know, not the greatest quarterback play. And some people love Tyrod. But with Watkins, I, I think that he is the best value of this offense. The guy, that, I, I think that it, the, the assumption that Tyree Kill is the wide receiver one may be a bit premature. Uh, I think that they'll have very similar target levels. And I think Watkins is definitely going to get the more red zone targets. So, He's my target in this offense. Uh, Dan, who's your target? In this off- oh, wait. Who's your fade in this offense, I guess? Um, I think my fade <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Um, I think my fade is – and and I and I really came around on the player, but I think it's got to be Kareem Hunt. I, I think he's sneaking up a little bit too high for my for my liking, especially as a running back. You know, he's, he's technically in the first round right now, and – I think we see. I think we see Spencer Ware carve out a small role. I don't see. I don't think we see him take a ton of a ton of looks from Kareem Hunt. But Andy Reid, and whether it was Andy Reid or Matt Nagy, um, they put him on the field and they and they kind of trusted him. Yes, there wasn't a ton in the way to to keep him from getting looks, but he kind of showed that he could play. Um, so a, a sneaky buy for me is Spencer Ware, but I think my I think my clear fade is Kareem Hunt. If there was a player on this offense at price that I didn't love, I, I don't think there is one. I think you want as many pieces as you can get. But uh, Tyreek at wide receiver 22 and what, or I'm sorry, 22 overall and wide receiver 11. Uh, to Nathan's point on Sammy, it's valid. Uh, I don't think there's any room for target growth for Tyreek, and it could shrink a little bit. Yeah, and we're assuming he's going to be super, just like crazy efficient. And you know, we we went from year one to year two, be like, there's no way he can keep up that efficiency. There's no way he can do it. And then he did it. And it's like, all right, now he actually has to stop. Like, let's <laughs> cut it out, Tyreek. This is not funny anymore. All right, you're dragging <laughs> us along. Um, yeah, I, I think as much as as much as I like the talent there, it's that's another that's another one that's just like. Man, unless he just continues to be like the best football player ever, it's just not going to happen. But at the same time, with Mahomes back there, you know those deep balls are, are going to be a little more prevalent. Yes, and it, that's totally an opportunity. The thought is totally an opportunity and not based on ability at all. You know, I do love Tyreek. It's just there's going to be so much weekly variance between these two wide receivers. I feel like uh, best ball better. You know, weekly starts it. It could burn you a couple times. Yeah, but for every time it burns you, it's going to win you a week too. So it yeah, sure mostly. So that's kind of how those things work out. Let's move on to our next team, and it's going to be from the AFC North. 
the Baltimore Ravens. They invested a first round in the whole draft pick in Lamar Jackson as well as Hayden Hurst. Not sure why they did that. That was pretty dumb. But uh, I will start us off with uh, my target. Everyone knows my target, and I'm not sure. I, I could, like, you know, go out of my way and have an actual target here. But uh, this is the official offseason, the official rookie hype by Nathan Powell of Jordan Lasley. Uh, he is the bee's niece. He is a guy who had some uh, very solid stats with Josh Rosen at UCLA, and he's fifth-round pick. So I, I think that there's enough, you know, opportunity for targets in that uh, wide receiving core to where the best talent just going to end up winning out. And I think that lastly has the shot at, at doing that versus Willie Sneed and John Brown, and whatever else they have going on there. So uh, lastly is, it has one of the higher upsides, I think, uh, especially more of a long-term guy uh, of that uh, Ravens receiving core. So I, Dan has talked enough about my love for Lasley. What are your thoughts on my love for Lasley, uh, TJ? Um, I am not so much in on Leslie. I, I think he could get there. I don't know if there's going to be any real contribution year one. Uh, Crabtree would be my second favorite buy on this team. And just edging him out because I really am a fan of Crabtree and the volume he's going to get. And I guess the narrative Joe Flacco's comments about him has created. But the guy to buy is Kenneth Dixon. He is 158 overall. RB 51, he has been derailed by a silly suspension, which was dumb, and a couple injuries. He was drafted ahead of Alex Collins in the same class. He has a complete skill set, and there is nothing that can convince me that even with Collins' improvement, that there is one facet of the running back position that he does better than Kenneth Dixon. I mean, that's that's the correct take. If there was going to be a take, that's the correct one. Everyone, everyone, make sure you, you rewind that, listen back again. <laughs> because at anything anything past 150, I mean, it's a dart throw anyways. And we know he's talented. We saw it coming out. He, we, I mean, he was propped up coming out. And, and now he's just, again, it's another one of those guys that gets, like TJ said, he gets derailed by a couple of, of petty things. And now it's like, all right, yep, he's free. He's tossing. He's cut. He's... You know, he's we you start seeing a lot of of tweets and stuff about like, hey, I need help with my my roster cuts. It's like Kenneth Dixon and stuff. It's like, no, don't don't cut. <laughs> don't cut good <laughs> players. You need to cut bad players that were in good situations. That's what you need to cut. So there's there's legitimately two buys in this offense for me. Um, Dixon is one of them. Uh, I think that he makes all the sense in the world because Alex Collins is doo doo. Um, but. And, and this, I'm going to preface this with, I think Ozzie Newsom might have had um, dyslexia because I think what they did is they sent in the wrong card when they went to draft in the first round and they accidentally wrote down Hayden Hurst instead of the actual tight end one on their board, which is Mark Andrews. Um, he is definitely my buy uh, for this as much as tight ends gross. Um, he was my tight end one coming out. He was fantastic. He's, he's great. You know, he, he's a great receiver. He's, he's not necessarily a blocker, but I mean, who's going to be a better receiver in that offense? You know, we're going to get a year or two of Michael Crabtree, who is a solid wide receiver. He's going to get the bulk of those targets. Your stash play is that Jordan Lasley kid who, whatever, if it happens, it happens. But for his price tag right now, I mean, why not? But, I mean, they've been trying and trying and trying and trying to get a tight end in this offense. And outside of 96-year-old Benjamin Watson, they haven't had one. They tried Max Williams. Didn't work. They're going to try Hayden Hurst, who might be the actual worst tight end that was drafted. Not going to work. And Mark Andrews is going to get in there. He's going to light some things on fire, me thinks. Just to comment on the tight ends, uh, Hayden Hurst is much like O.J. Howard in the sense that they're going to be a far better, and there's no guarantee on Hurst that he's even good, but a far better real-life football player than a fantasy football player. Like you alluded to, Andrews is the route runner and the pass catcher. And if there's going to be fantasy value from this offense, it's going to be him. But also, rookie tight ends are fades. Never forget that as far as production goes. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's stashing. His price point, he's, he's nothing right now. You know, he's sure. a late second, sure. early third. Free. All righty. Uh, I will continue with my fade, and it's going to be uh, – honestly, I don't think I would have said this, you know, an hour ago before I knew what his price was. But when you said Lamar Jackson being drafted as QB 14, I thought that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Like, I, I was starting to get a little excited. Like, I, you know, you see the tweets and you see the training camp videos. Like, 
ooh, that's kind of exciting. A running quarterback, he could be the next Michael Vick. But not when you're drafting him like he is Michael Vick. Like, let's, <laughs> let's calm down, boys and girls. I don't understand how you can draft Lamar Jackson as your QB1 or even your, you know, fringe QB, uh, QB2. So I, I, I think that Lamar Jackson is exciting if you can get him on an upside play of like a QB20, 25, 20 to 25 range. But if you're drafting him pretty much as a QB1, then that is not something I want to invest in. He doesn't yeah. even have a starting – yes, he's a first-round pick, so he's going to get a starting job eventually. But he doesn't even have a starting job yet, and he might not the entire 2018 season. That's that's rough too because I love Lamar Jackson. I I I mean, he's he's going to be hopefully a very good football player, but we don't know yet. Uh, there were so many question marks surrounding him that you know that thirty one other teams passed on him, and Baltimore ended up moving up to get him. So, um, I mean, just knowing that, obviously. You know, we like to talk about how dumb some of these NFL people are, but they're there and we aren't. They're there for a reason and we aren't. So there's got to be something there. But yeah, QB 14, man, as much as I love him, that's that's really, really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard to even think about. All right, let's move on to our final team of the night. And it is going to be the Indianapolis Colts, led by Andrew Luck, maybe by Jacoby Percent if Luck doesn't show up. And they have a few weapons as well. So, uh, Dan, start us off. Uh, who are you most hopeful for in this offense? Most hopeful will always and forever be my thank you very much, Hilton. I think that's what TY stands for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's borderline fourth rounder right now, and that's a little bit gross. Uh, there's some guys that are going in front of him that definitely should not be. And, you know, he's proven it time and time again that, that he can do it even with trash quarterbacks like Jacoby Brissett. You know, he's there. He might be a little bit, you know, a little bit spotty. He might be more of a best ball asset if Luck isn't fully back and fully Andrew Luck. But let's assume for a second that Andrew Luck is back. And we see the once borderline elite quarterback throwing passes to his only wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. Um, it's for that price tag, that's really, really tough to beat, honestly. Um, it, I mean, we we can try to figure out who else is going to get those targets, but I just – that you're not going to convince me otherwise. Maybe the maybe the tight ends just, like, run a duo and they both get 100 targets. That's, I mean, within the realm of possibilities, I guess. But I, still, T.Y. Hilton's going to be your number one target. He's And, and he's, he's really he's, – you know, he's a good football player. Dan, you're, you're clearly forgetting the greatness of Ryan Grant. Stop it. Stop it. When when someone when someone fails your physical after someone else gets cut because they want them instead, no, I think we're good there. As he realized he added an extra zero to the end of his contract. That's why he failed that physical. <laughs> it's the dyslexia coming in again. He thought it was a decimal point in there and he flipped it. <laughs> My buy is fully on brand and it is both their tight end and wide re- Ebron, who in a good segue from Hayden Hurst is four months older. He is four <laughs> months older than Hayden Hurst. That's so bad, dude. That is so ridiculous. I always forget that, that Ebron was like 13 when he came into the league. That's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Age-based production as far as receptions go, the only guys who have paced him in their career to this point, let me see if I remember this correctly. I believe it's Gronk, Gonzalez, Kellen Winslow, and somebody else elite. Like fully so a bunch elite. of bums is what you're saying. He's, yeah, he's basically yeah, yeah. on the trajectory yeah, to just be worthless. Not Hall of Fame, not any of that. <clears throat> oh, we're talking about Gates. we're talking about good Kellen Winslow too, right? Not not like crash your motorcycle, Kellen Winslow. I, I believe we're talking about senior. Yeah, I, that, <laughs> okay. that part, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, I do I do remember now the fourth one is Antonio Gates. Oh, that's rough. Anyway, that's really tough company yeah, to be. Ter- terrible company. But uh, 147 overall on tight end 17. You have Reich on, on records calling him an elite tight end back at the end of March and reports now that he's playing wide receiver as well. The most talented wide receiver on the team after T.Y. Hilton is probably Deion Kane. I mean, it is really a toss-up. This guy is going to see over 100 targets, and he is going to smash this ADP. Ebron, uh, I zoned out after you started talking about Ebron. I kind of just like, oh, what the fuck? 
<laughs> I also went into a trance just because I was in love. I re-fell in love again with Hebrew. Yeah, uh, I mean, yes, it's very easily to smash a, a low ADP that he has. Uh, but for me, the, the buy in this offense, I mean, there's a couple opportunities to buy, but I think that my top one would be whoever the lowest Colts draft running back is, which I'm pretty sure it's Wilkins right now. Uh, so just give me the cheapest of these three running backs that I think are a similar talent levels. Wilkins, I think, will get the goal line work. And uh, if it is an Andrew Luck offense, you know, you just want the running back that's getting the, the carries and specifically the red zone carries there. So uh, I'll take Jordan Wilkins if he's, you know, being drafted. If I can send a 2019 third rounder for Wilkins or, you know, a late second or something like that, that's a, a deal I'd be willing to make. But let's, let's fade Doyle. Let's fade Doyle because uh, I like that. his his targets were predicated on the fact that he was the only show in town, and now Ebron's there. So, you know, that show is a little bit uh, tighter. Yeah, man. And if one of them two tight ends are going to be asked to block a little bit extra, it won't be Ebron. <laughs> that's very, yes. that's very, very yeah. true. Um, yeah, honestly – this this team is it has some a, a few attractive pieces and none of them seem to be valued correctly. I, I think, I, I mean, other than the running backs who are all just bad, um, I don't know that you can really fade any of them. I think, and I hate Andrew Luck, but I mean, he's still like mid QB one, and if he's at that point because of the production that was the amount of passes that were thrown, the, you know, the potential upside there, I think is worth that risk because you're talking about legitimately the QB one, if he's healthy, um, it's, that's a, that's a tough proposition to, to say no to, you know, the, all these guys are valued decently. I mean, I don't know that I'm drafting Andrew Luck inside the top 100 where he currently falls, but at the same time, QB six. I mean, he was like the QB one for like two years straight. And I mean, yeah, we haven't seen him throw in a while and we don't know that that arm even exists. It might just be like a mannequin arm, like those Jimmy Fallon segments where they do the mannequin to the arms things. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, between him, Hilton, Ebron, even I'm honestly, even Doyle, because legitimately both those guys could see some meaningful targets because they're, there's nothing on that team to take anything away from those guys. I'm with you on, on all of it, man. Uh, the worry on luck is, and I'm going to show my age here. You guys remember that movie Rookie of the Year? Oh, yeah. From like the 80s. Big where, Quaid guy. Yeah, Big yeah, Quaid guy. The kid could throw, and then he, he like re-hurt his ligament or tendon, and then he just couldn't even get the ball to the plate anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, that that's the worry with luck. But I, I don't think it's a huge worry. He's he's twenty year younger Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's fair. Or his, wife, that. his wife started ordering him shipments already. <laughs> Are we gonna see Andrew Luck's forehead grow like like four inches by the end of his career, like Peyton's did? He's gonna need a taller helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that'll wrap up our show for today. TJ, let our followers know. Our, let our listeners know where they can follow you, where they can find your, you and your work, all that good stuff. Uh, you can follow me at T-J-C-A-L-K-I-N-S on Twitter. Uh, Dynasty-related things, you can find me on DLF for articles and rankings, on Dynasty Command Center for pods, and Slack Chat 24-7 uh, for best ball and DFS-related things. You can find me on Power Hour Pod. And I still have a soft spot in my heart for sale over at 2QBs.com. <laughs> I love it. And just quick, what like to replug the Power Hour stuff. If you guys aren't in on that best ball stuff with Power, I mean, all of it's really, really good. But if you're not, if you haven't dipped your feet into that best ball stuff on the Power Hour um, with with TJ, it's you're you're missing out. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff there, and you're gonna win. You're gonna make yourself some money if you hop in. There you go. We, we hope that our dynasty advice makes you some money this year. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for $2.99 subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold cut combo. Veggie delight. Or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Oh, yes, sir! Subway! 
Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.